Here we are at Ungagged, Los Angeles, 2019 with Cindy Crum. Hi. We know each other quite well. We keep bumping into each other. What have you thought about Ungagged so far? Well, it's pretty early in the day. Good point. But my session went well, I thought. People seemed engaged, lots of good questions. So I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah. Greg, of course, did the opening keynote. He's always amazing. And his uh, funny costume. He had a funny costume this time. He had to take part of it off because he was going to fall off the stage. That was great. That funny. Brilliant. And for your session, I was just talking to a friend of mine who came in to see you. She's seen you three times and she says, you are brilliant. You're mm. the best in the world. Mm. Oh, I thought I'd share that with you, on, you. on camera. So best now in the world. We can't take it back. Okay. <laughs> so brilliant stuff. We're having a great time at Ungag. This is our first interview of the day. And you get the song. You're going to sing to me? SEO is AEO. Welcome to the show, Cindy Crumb. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Even the second time makes you laugh. Yeah, it's good. Brilliant. First time was SEO Camp. Yeah. And since then, we've been talking about fraggles, fraggles, fraggles. It keeps coming up everywhere. You've had this brilliant presence that's really helping people understand what's going on. I talk about chunks. Joe know about blocks. You talk about fraggles. Yeah, they're all the same. Ooh, I don't think they are. Oh, no, but block, they are semi the same. Blocks is this idea of organizing content in blocks or chunks so that Google can digest it. Yeah. The idea of fraggles is that Google reaches into your content, grabs the handle, pulls up the fragment, pushes it into the SERP. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and we've seen um, reports coming out of the new Chrome with the flags that you can turn on where you can set up um, specific fraggles uh, in your content. Uh, okay, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And a lot more of the AMP featured snippets with the scrolling behavior. All of this is happening more and more. If you haven't seen Fraggles, you might need to look. You they're out there. definitely need to look at it. Because I mean, what I'm now saying to my clients is we're organizing our content in blocks. Yeah. Make sure you put a handle on it. But I have a question about the handles because okay. the idea of a handle uh, is that you can pull up a, a chunk or a block of content or a segment and, and put it in the SERP. But Google is still putting in, for example, in the feature snippet, still putting the blue link. The meta title is the blue link. And when I asked Gary Illis if that was going to change anytime soon and they might pull up an H2 as the blue link, he said, no, don't count on it. Do you think he's pulling my leg or do you think that's... Well, when I've seen Fraggles ranking, what happens is the meta title is the blue link for the main page where you just click yep. over to the page. But then if you get the Fraggles either in a carousel, a sideways carousel or the uh, vertical expanders, um, those are pulling in the feature, the, the, the fragment, like the piece of text. Okay. And so it could be the H2, or it could just be the answer, the beginning of the answer. And that's the blue link. Well, do, the fraggles don't always have blue links. It's more like a little bubble. Okay, right. So in fact, what, what, what the situation then is, is that the blue link will traditionally continue to be the meta title, but as the formats change, yeah. the fragments will become, the handles of the fragments will become much more important. Either the handles or the text itself. But I mean, Google's been testing so much that it's hard to know what, what is going to be, what's going to stick and what's not. And even Gary, I think Gary's probably right for the main link. Okay. Um, you know. He, but he may not know, right? Like, is point. he right for right now? <laughs> but it may change. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, because I, mean, I, I imagined immediately pulling up an H2 as that blue link would be super simple. It would. Um, and it probably is. But within the, 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 the overall algorithm, it probably creates loads of problems. And it's risky. 
Well, but the, the H2, even if it's not the blue link, it could become kind of the, the bolded part of a featured snippet if you get the featured snippet instead of the inline fraggle, right? Because I think fraggles are, are very much like featured snippets, mm -hmm. and they can kind of be both. Okay. Um, if Google can highlight something in a featured snippet, it can probably highlight it as an answer on a page as well. Th that's speculation. I can't prove that, yeah. but it makes sense. Well, I did a, a test uh, for Weekly Wisdom on SEMrush and mm -hmm. tested with my own kind of information about me and, and did what instrument does Jason Barnard play? Obviously, everybody's asking themselves that question. But what was interesting is I could get the feature snippet in five minutes by creating a page, the, a page on my site that described what I did. And it couldn't pull up, because I put the Matt title was something very ambiguous, it pulled up and bolded the actual H2 of the, the nice. Q&A. But the blue link was still um, Jason Barnard in his musical instruments or something like that. Hmm. So kind of, I, I was, that, that for me indicates that the blue link is around still for quite a while. But as you say, it can pull out these multiple chunks, which is already powerful. Right. Well, and I think that people who only think about featured snippets as ranking at the top are missing the point because featured Ooh. snippets are becoming answers and people also ask. Yep. They're becoming uh, part of people also search for. You can expand things and get a featured snippet down yeah. there. So they're top, middle, and bottom. And I mean, that's the other thing is these new kind of elements with different functionalities, they're coming out faster and faster and yeah. faster and faster. Yeah. And, and that, that the, the article you were talking about earlier on that Gary Lewis gave me the lowdown on how it all works is you're saying this Darwinism search means they can create these new elements, put them in there, and if they're strong enough, they will survive. They say, yeah. And if they're not, they die. Yeah, and, and users like getting answers and they like not having to read. If you think about it, like people are lazy. Uh, and they just, want, uh, they just want the answer. They don't yeah. want to appreciate how beautiful and cool your web page is, even how fast it is. They just want the answer. Oh, and then we come on to the question of on SERP SEO, which is kind of this thorny, prickly problem. And Greg Gifford was saying a lot of this kind of idea that people aren't clicking through is coming from local search. And as he rightly says, local search, you no longer really need a, pa a website at you all. You didn't need it before. No. I mean, as long as Google Maps has been ranking in a search result, you haven't needed a website. You just needed... Uh, a GMB and whatever it's been called historically, that thing's gone yep. through so many names. That's but you it? just need, yeah. Oh, I turned up really late <laughs> yeah. to the game then, didn't I? Sure. <laughs> it's had many names. But um, you just needed that to rank. And um, I think that that's an important thing be because, like, like Greg said, maps are showing up for more and more queries. Yeah. And they're pushing organic down. So you don't even need a website to rank at the very top of a result. Um, if you've got a, a GMB, and if you think about it, Google could, Google has Q&A as part of GMB. Google could be getting- Q&A, GMB, sorry, I'm, I'm, it's all these acronyms coming right. out I love it, sorry. But, but Google could be getting answers, like they're already code as, as answers. They're the A of Q&A. They yeah. could be lifting answers directly from GMB at some point. Yeah, no, are they not already doing that? I haven't seen a featured snippet. Ooh, that's something to That's from with, GMB and not a website. Okay. I would love to, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> and and, and we're, we're, we're pushing forward. I mean, the, the, the idea of kind of local search has taken a lot of these no-click uh, SERPs. So maybe the problem is less bad than we think or less problematic. And Google is still sending the traffic through less traffic. Well, I mean, it's problematic if you're not doing the right things. If you're okay. thinking that your website's going to win the day and you're not doing everything. If you have a local business and you have a website and you're thinking that the website is the answer and you're not doing GMB, you're missing out. Similarly, if you have media like books, podcasts, yeah. TV, and you're not um, somehow in the knowledge graph or feeding it to Google, um, then the knowledge graph 
is a huge missed opportunity or if someone else has that same video content, it's going to show up and you're not. Yeah, because you've got the idea that Google is now entity-based search, trying to understand the entities. So you need the blocks, you need the understanding, you need the entities with the relationships to make sure that Google understands. Is that... Yeah, but, but you need to understand that Google is thinking about more than just one use case. They're not just thinking about showing a website. They're thinking about maybe someone's going to want to listen to the podcast directly from the search result or play a video or cast a video directly from a search yeah. result, right? They're, they're living their lives and Google's trying to enable that, not just browsing the web. Yeah, and not forcing people to click through, which is a waste of time. We're all terribly impatient. So as site owners, we're saying this is terribly unfair. But as users of Google, we're saying, isn't this great? Isn't it it's great? Much great. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that also brings the question, if, if I'm going to be on the SERP, the only advantage I can draw from that is to brand myself. It's about branding. It's, it's, we've gone from having to be SEOs and like being tricksters and yeah. tricking Ooh, like Google that. into just being marketers again. And so we have to do a good job at marketing what we do. And brand awareness is critical. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just a more legit game now. It's yeah. not about how clever you are in your manipulation of Google. It's about how clever you are in your branding and marketing and, and awareness. Which is brilliant. And, and, and kind of if you brand yourself, you get out there. When they do make the decision to buy, the brand is front and center in their minds. And presumably, they then come to the site to buy. Right. And um, John Morabito was saying, Offline, traditionally, we've paid loads of money just to get in front of people, our brand in front of people, and that's fine as marketers. And all of a sudden, it's a terrible problem with the SERPs that just getting your brand in front of people is already a big step. Right, yeah. Well, and something that Greg mentioned in the keynote that I thought was fascinating is that Google's already gotten a patent for using offline behavior yeah. as a ranking factor. So if people are going, if you have good brand awareness or good, um, you know, location-specific foot traffic, that could be a, a ranking factor now. And no one's talking about stuff like that except Greg. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, and Bill Slowski was talking about the patent initially. That was the first time I heard it. it. Uh, and, and as usual, Bill Slowski explains something, and then Greg Gifford turns up, takes it, and puts it into context and makes meaningful... I'm not to say that Bill doesn't, but make it meaningful as marketers. Whereas Bill's just saying, this is this what's is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I love it. And I'm now saying something, another, pushing that even further. It's saying, look at all the stuff you're doing offline with your events, your, your prizes, your winning your awards, whatever. Google can't see it. Isn't a big step forward for a lot of people is those who can bring that and make a great representation online of their offline yeah. relationships and behavior, aren't they going to have a step ahead? Right. Well, and think about the events too. Events is another thing that takes up a huge amount of space at the top of a search yeah. result that you don't necessarily have to have a website for. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I saw earlier on uh, Brighton SEO. Mm -hmm. They were pulling the event when I searched for Brighton SEO, they were pulling the event up. And putting it, and they pulled it out from the ticket sales yeah. site. And I've seen them from Facebook for other events. Uh, and Google are desperately looking for these sources which have reasonably structured or, or well-organized data so they can show these events. And so one great win for you if you're organizing an event is to put the structured data. Yeah, absolutely. And people aren't doing it. But, but I'd like to point out, for the record, I've been saying that Google wants to rank things without URLs or has the ability to rank things without URLs for at least four years at this point. Okay. I even had a talk that was controversially named URL equals URLame. Like, <laughs> okay. Because it's just more a much better use case for people yeah. when Google knows the answer to just give the person the answer. Yeah. Um, and, and now with the, I mean, for example, the Brighton SEO example I was looking at, and it said it was going to be a New York, which was a bit of a mistake, but uh, can't win them all. <laughs> uh, but there is a Brighton Beach in New York, isn't there? I don't think Brighton Beach is in New York. I don't know the answer. Okay, well, that's what I think. Anyway, <laughs> but, but you don't have the link, but you have the source, and it, you click on the source, and it tells you where it came from. Yeah. 
So I mean, it, it is, I mean, it's given attribution, but it's not given the link, so you're never going to get the click. Well, and remember, Google's also given schema for marking up information in a database. If they could just ingest a database that's marked up with schema yeah. and rank information from the database, why wouldn't they? No, 100%. And um, one thing is the European law. I was talking to Andrea Volpini about it. And what's interesting about it is Google, well, sorry, the European law says if you're a new site and you don't want Google to use your content, you can be protected. And Google have had to put in Search Console the possibility to opt into this. Yep. And they're then saying, OK, if you've opted in, we'll just show the, the, the green link. That's all yep. we can show. Mm -hmm. But if you put schema markup, that's explicitly telling us we can use that content. So you can, in fact, opt in, use the schema markup, and control what Google can and can't show. Mm -hmm which I think is fun and interesting. It shows that Google is tending sorry, to respect. Yeah, so, sorry, so just going to change a card battery very quickly. Sorry about that. We don't know where to stop it now. Yeah. So we, we, we can, we, about we can just carry on because the, the podcast is still running. <laughs> uh, what were we saying? We were saying... European law Oh yeah. schema. And I, I like that. I'm sorry, what it means for me is it, it implies that in the future schema market is going to be even more important if it wasn't important enough as, as it stands. Yeah, absolutely, because it's an opt-in. It's an explicit si like signal to Google, like, we want to rank. Yeah, and we want you to use this content. And then yeah. you're saying, instead of kind of picking down and creating the meta description from what it finds in the page, saying you can't actually use the rest of the page, you can only use this Just chunk use of this. text, yeah. which yeah. is brilliant stuff. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's been actually around for a little a while, and there was also uh, similar stuff in OG tagging for when you set up uh, your OG tags tell Facebook what they need to surface when you share an article, because you used to be able to, I think you still can, you can put different headlines and different titles of an article in when so that it has one title on the website, but a slightly different title when you share it on Facebook. And you With the, yeah, the OG description. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, I, oh, and, and for that, I tell my clients, you've got the meta title, which is terribly salesy. It's trying to attract the eye and attract the click. And then you write a, a meta, uh, sorry, a social meta. Mm -hmm. And that's you, the person who clicks on it, if they have the meta title, which is what they get by default, it's terribly salesy. It doesn't make me look good. But it has to say, um, I found a groovy teddy bear, teddy bear or whatever it might be. And it, I have to look good. So it's two very different use cases. It's, yes, it's very different use cases, for sure. That is vastly overlooked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anyway. Uh, but that's branding, right? That gets back to branding. <laughs> Everything's about branding. Brilliant. <laughs> SEO is AEO. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs>